0: This is The Faithful Expositor, a podcast from the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Jonathan Sims of Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church.
1: Welcome to our latest edition of The Faithful Expositor. This is Associate Pastor Ryan Tillman, and I'm here with our senior pastor, uh, Brother John O. Sims and uh, Joshua, here in the studio at Shelbyville Mills. Baptist Church. We're so thankful uh, to all of y'all that are tuning in uh, to this latest edition. Um, however, this is one of our heavier podcasts, uh, if not uh, the heaviest one we've probably recorded um, to date. And and Brother Jono, if you could just inform uh, all of our listeners of some of the difficult news
0: that have transpired here at our church the last couple weeks. Thank you, Brother Ryan. It is extremely heavy time for us Uh, I don't know that I've had many things affect me as deeply as this has but um, not yesterday but a week ago Sunday uh, brother Joe Carpenter submitted his resignation Um, very uh, painful situation for all of us Um, but Joe and his wife, Ashley, have had ongoing struggles with their eldest son, and um, it's been a situation, obviously, that we've counseled with each other about for many, many years. And um, Brother Joe came to us a few weeks back, and and just to show Brother Joe's integrity and character and his love for Christ and his love for truth, his love for the church— he just let me know. He said, Brother, I believe that right now as I stand with my family, I'm in violation of Titus chapter 1, verse 6. And, of course, that I believe the King James Version got it right. I know there's some people that will take issue with me on that, but it says, If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, that's Titus 1, 6. And I, I do believe the King James Version got it right on faithful uh, I know there's many translations that translate it uh, believer. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how under the banner of the sovereignty of God that a, that a pastor can guarantee that all his children are going to be saved. But there is a faithfulness that an abiding under a, a yieldedness, a submittedness, um, and of course, obviously, that they're not accused of riot or unruly uh, speaks of insubordination. And there's just been an ongoing uh, insubordination that uh, Brother Joe has had to deal with, and we as a church have had to deal with in in several instances that Brother Joe's love for the word and our love for the word helped us to see that we were in fact over the line on Titus chapter one verse six. And you know, brother, our, our love for Christ, our love for truth, just really does demand that. You know, we honor and follow God's word in all of life and living and church life. And so we uh, met with all of our leadership and we were all agreed that that was the case. And so this past um, Sunday night, Brother Joe uh, read his resignation letter and that was effective immediately. and. Again, it's a very, very, very heavy season for us. Honestly, I'm still reeling. I know mm-hmm. you are, too. We, yep. um, um, today was my and your first opportunity to actually be able to sit down together and just discuss, you know, what are we going to do and where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. And so we're all reeling and and struggling right now uh, discussing what that's going to look like. But we do at least rest our head on the pillow of sovereignty that we know that we're honoring the Word of God. And all the years that have been following the Lord, He's always been with me and us and stood with us as we seek to honor God's Word. And brother, I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever that the Lord is going to navigate us safely through this. Mm-hmm. I told the church that while I'm heartbroken and my heart is very, very heavy, uh, Kayla told me this past week, she said, you're in mourning. This is just." nothing more than mourning. And it truly has been. But I told the church, while my heart is heavy and my heart is broken, I have absolutely no fear, none, no fear at all. This is the Lord's church purchased with his blood, and he loves it far more than I do. And the Lord's promised to build his church. And so um, while our hearts are heavy today, brother, we do rest in the fact that God's providential rule is fully in control. This didn't catch him by surprise. And, and uh, there's so much we can say, and maybe we will talk about some mm-hmm. of it. But um, it, it's, it's not been just an arbitrary cut-and-dried thing. Yeah. Uh, there's been much love. There's been much grace. There's been much forbearance. There's been much time given. Um, you know, This wasn't to, an isolated no. event no in a small window of time no it wasn't a knee-jerk reaction mm-hmm. this wasn't just a you know a, a spur of the moment thing at all um i think there's been a growing uh, uncomfortableness in all of our hearts and joe and i had and have and will continue to have the kind of relationship that's open and honest we talk about everything and uh, this is something that um, we all basically arrived at at the same time and, and knew this was the will of God. And when you're, by, when, when, when you're bound by sacred Scripture and when you abide by sacred Scripture, and it the Word of God really is our guide in all matters of faith and practice, while there are the emotional elements of it, we're ruled by Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so it makes life and living and church life and living – so much more clear and so much less confusing because we're operating by the dictates of scripture and not being ruled by emotions. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. How would you say pastor
1: that the, the church handled it and is is still handling it? Like you said, we're, we're still dealing with it. Uh, I personally am still like, like you and in, in mourning and processing and, um, but this is something you and I have and on the deacons, Leaders of our church have walked for months, years now with Brother Joe and with Ashley. Um, But for our church, Sunday night a week ago, eight days ago,
0: was the first news. How did they respond to it? Well, you know, very sad, um, heartbroken, devastated, shock um, would be all words and while i would say that probably everybody in our church were aware of some of the problems the finality of a Mm -hmm. resignation is just you know it's biting it's 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 difficult it's hard to process but they responded brother like they always do the church has been taught the word of god and while it's certainly okay for people to display emotions. that God made us emotional creatures. There's nothing wrong with that. Our congregation isn't ruled by emotions. So what I would say is, is that everyone in the right way, uh, under the fact that they love Joe and Ashley and all of their children, every one of them, with a deep, heartfelt Christian love, and that will never change. So they responded in sharing Joe and Ashley's pain and sorrow and disappointment yet firmly resolved that we believe this is right we believe this is appropriate this is what the scripture teaches and that has been the overwhelming um word that people have said to me is that our heart is broken we're sad we're devastated but we're trusting god Hmm. we're looking to the lord we believe the word of god and um We believe these scriptural qualifications are there for a reason, and they're absolute. They're not um, subjective, and they're not up to debate, and um, we're going to follow God's Word. And so with very much maturity, um, our people, I believe, possess the ability to, on the one hand, hold up the Word of God and all that it teaches, and on the other hand, to minister and be compassionate and giving and serving to the carpenter family mm-hmm. and that's what i see our people doing yeah um they're loving on them they're standing with them they're counseling with them they're helping them yesterday we took a love offering for the family and while i don't i haven't seen what that love offering is i have no doubt that it'll be generous uh that'll be uh, a substantial thing the the, the church is going to obviously continue to pay their salary for many many months to help them, you know, readjust and realign and and all the process right now uh, that uh, the family is undergoing with their eldest son uh, to help him, we're involved in that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Still discussing that with Brother Joe and with Ashley and and still giving our counsel and support and help, and that'll never change. Um, And I'm so thankful that our church is mature enough that a pastor can resign. And yet, A, he wants to be here, mm-hmm. his family wants to be here, and B, the church wants them to be here. Yeah. And so nothing will change in that regard. And that, that nothing thrills me more than that. That shows a great degree of maturity, yeah. that our congregation loves them and wants them to be here and will still love them and minister to them in every way, though the pastoral role has changed for now. Um, that is... A great mark of maturity, and I believe it's wrought only by the Scripture and by the Holy Spirit of God.
1: Amen. At a time when a legitimate—well, maybe not legitimate, but usual human reaction would be to hold people at arm's length just because it's awkward Mm -hmm. and it's difficult and we don't like awkward, we don't like difficult— Our church is drawing them in even more, even closer than they already were. Yes. Like you said, it's that maturity, the love that our church has for each other, especially for Joe and Ashley and Sam and Joey and Simon and Abby and Miss Sherry, just the whole
0: family. Yeah. King David said, it's good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. And Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church has been afflicted for the last 23 years. Um, we have been through the hottest heat of the fire. We have been through the deepest levels of you know, uh, spiritual warfare, opposition. Um, most churches would never deal with one of the dozen things that we have dealt with and faced. And while I wouldn't wish that on anybody, I wouldn't take anything for it either. Our church is accustomed to doing hard things. Mm -hmm. Our church is accustomed to dealing and processing uh, hard things. And this is another of those, probably one of the hardest, because Joe is we love him so much. And everybody that listens to this podcast can hear what a gracious Christian he is, a godly man, man of impeccable integrity and character um, in every way. But at the same time, the congregation uh, holds to Scripture, still manifests love. There isn't any awkwardness. We don't have to be awkward Mm -hmm. because we're open, we're receptive, we're loving. Our congregation is a very giving, forgiving, uh, transparent group of people. There's no politics or playing games or safe face or keeping up facade or image here. We deal with things in real time, straightforward, truthful, honestly, and I wouldn't take anything for that. Um, The option is to be fake and phony. Mm -hmm. And I just could not live my life that way. And I know Brother Joe and Ashley couldn't either, and neither could our congregation. So while painful, it's also a joy that we have that level of openness so that awkwardness is not there amen
1: how does this affect us as a as a staff and even moving forward as an entire church because like you just said brother joe is a godly man a great pastor uh i mean just such a hole that we have to fill um and deal with now not just even as a staff but as a church so how how do we deal with
0: that Well, I guess that's the greatest disappointment for me. And I'm not, you know, sitting here, you know, uh, with a fiddle on my shoulder, you know, weeping and saying, woe is me. I'm not uh, wanting anybody to feel sorry for me, but I thought I would finish my race with Brother Joe. That's what I was positioned to do, and that's what I thought was going to happen, and that's what I wanted to happen. I've never worked with anybody that I enjoy working more With and Brother Joe. uh, We're hand in glove. I mean, brother, our hearts beat the same, Mm -hmm. same convictions. Uh, I love him. I mean, I never look over my shoulder, just a brother that I trust at the deepest possible levels. And so it's a massive blow, you know, to me uh, personally as the senior pastor of the church. And you just don't, you know, flip a switch and get over something like that. So, To answer your question, brother, I'm not. I'm not. This Monday morning, I'm still not completely fully sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you and I had a long meeting this morning about different responsibilities. I know that um, you and I are going to bear more weight than we have in years. That'll just be some of that has to happen. Um, And you and I've looked at those preaching responsibilities, and um, so you and I will shoulder more weight than we have in ten years. Uh, And then I would say beyond that, um, we have laymen in the church that have stepped up, that have said, I will help here, I will help here. And you and I discussed some of those men and how we plug them in. And we have capable, godly men who can help us. And I'm more than happy to have their help, Mm -hmm. need it, want it. Thank God we have it. And, uh, and that's another mark of just how the Lord's matured our congregation is that we do have godly men and women. But there's some roles that only men can fill. And there's some roles that only women can fill. And, and so, but there are a lot of mature brothers in our congregation that we'll have to rely upon for help. And I know you and I sat down this morning and we looked at the, the remainder of the entire year all the way through the end of December of uh, what we've got coming and what that's going to look like. And we've gotten our heads together as best we can on a Monday morning. And so it's it's going to be difficult to answer your question. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, this is a massive hole. Uh, Joe carried his weight and then some, very hard worker, always did his responsibilities with precision and great joy. And, um, you know, so you don't just overcome that in a day Mm -mm. but um and i would just implore the people to pray for us you know i know there's a lot of our church members that are but i would just ask my brothers and sisters listening to this podcast to pray for us because we're just men we have feet of clay and we get tired and we get weary and you know i'm already feeling that Mm. and uh so just lift us up and pray that we would have wisdom to know what, when, where, who, and how, and all of that. Amen. And we'll just go through, brother. But I would say this, I trust the providence of God. Um, I know that God is working in a multiplicities of ways in the Carpenter family uh, through this. And he's working in a multiplied, very ways of Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church. And the thing about going through a valley like this, the thing about going through a season like this is there's things that God does in a season like this that aren't done any other time, and I'm trusting God in that process that this is His will. It's sanctifying grace. He's maturing all of us, and uh, on the other side, Romans eight twenty eight teaches us that it's going to work out together for good because mm-hmm. we love Him, and That's I right. trust the Lord in that process. That's
1: right, Amen. Well, this podcast has been dedicated uh, to helping pastors, uh, though we have. Uh, a wide variety of listeners from just church members, deacons, uh, but our goal is always um, to strictly help the pastor that's listening. What would be your word you would give to the young pastor um, in regards to maybe dealing with a situation like this or dealing with the qualifications for elders? and um, how, How would you Address
0: them well. It's funny that you say that because Brother Joe resigned on Sunday eight days ago, and then Tuesday morning, as Providence would have it, a friend of ours uh, came in town, and he had a young church planter with him—a young man that's going out west to plant a church—and he just asked me, "Would you just share with him? Would you just give him your, you know, some wisdom of what you've been through in the ministry?" And so you know, this was all raw. This was all fresh on my mind. And, and I apologized to him. And I said, y'all don't to have to give me because my heart is very heavy. My mind is muddled right now. But I just told him, I said, you know, basically young man, this is a grueling race to the finish and, and, and very few that start the race, finish it. So you need to know that going in. It's one thing to be all giddy and, excited and happy about, you know, a call to ministry and launching out and, you know, rightfully you should be. But at the same time, you better be realistic and understand that you're going up against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. And the only way that you can resist those forces that are timeless and much wiser and more cunning and more powerful than you could ever possibly imagine is to employ the means that christ is giving you Mm -hmm. that is you know the 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 armor in ephesians chapter six the fullness of the spirit in ephesians chapter five loving your wife in ephesians chapter five uh... having your children in submission and loving them and drawing your family close and i would just say and i told this young man and certainly joe is i'm not to imply that joe's guilty i'm not saying that he He's guilty of this at all. That's not the connection I'm making. But I just told this young man, I said, you know, you better have your wife and your children close. You don't all offer up your family on the altar of ministry. And, a lot of, and I, t- I warned him, especially as a church planter, that a lot of young preachers, I have to do this and I have to be there and I have to be in this meeting and I have to chair this committee and I have to. And, and they do all that. To the neglect of their wife and their children and I, their off days, not taking their off days, mm-hmm. not taking their Sabbath rest, as we've talked about on this podcast. That's a formula for disaster. And um, so my, my counsel to you would be that you better make your calling and election sure. If, you, if, if you're called, you better be absolutely sure you're called. The second thing that I would say is you better read, double read, triple read, quadruple read, and then read again First Timothy chapter three and Titus chapter one, yeah. because those are not suggestions. Those are not goals we aspire to. Those are qualifications that are demanded before you enter the ministry and that are to be maintained after you enter the ministry. And we just kind of have an agreement around here among elders and deacons that at any time along the way, if we cease to be qualified, we're not gonna put the church through the trauma of having to have a vote to remove us from office. We'll voluntarily submit our resignation and that's what Brother Joe did. And mm-hmm. that, that's the right thing to do. It's the honorable thing to do. It's, it's the, it glorifies God because those qualifications are for real and they mean what they say and we have to hold those right there where God gave them. And the state and the condition of the evangelical church today is because we start fudging yeah. on the on the on the absolute nature the authority of scripture and once you start down that path there's no end. Mm. And so I would just say to any brother out there listening, stop, don't play politics, you know, don't 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 keep up outward appearances. Live in truth. And honor the word of God, and hold the Scripture before your people, and help your people establish biblical authority. Let people know we are going to walk by the rule of Scripture, and no matter no matter what, there there is no place we get to where we say, okay, we're not going to obey the Bible anymore. Mm-hmm. We will obey the Scripture regardless of where it cuts or what it costs. You have to be that way to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you just you're just playing games. Amen.
1: Yep. And a lot of churches today just just play the game, right? Um, and come to Titus one, come to First Timothy three, and just overlook those things. Uh, but you know something you said uh, that just makes me respect and admire Joe even more was the in- integrity. That that is our our rule of law here um, as a church we're, we're not going to put the church through undue trauma uh, and Joe having the love for Christ and the love for this church to not do that um, when most churches would have to go through it or if they even chose to go through it,
0: um, I, I don't know if they would or not, but well, and I think those were his very words. Those were the very were words in your office. Yep. Those were the very words that he spoke, you know, is that. And he even told me, he said, Pastor, I want you to know if I was the, if I was in your position, if I was the senior pastor of the church, I would be doing the same thing you're doing. I, I would be leading the same way you're leading. And um, that and that's because we walk by the same rule. We mind the same things as Paul. So the church at Philippi. One thing that I would say, Brother Ryan, that I, I forgot, I'm so glad the Lord reminded me of this is. I want to be careful to say to the young pastor or to the elder or or to the seasoned brother that's out there because we're not talking from pie in the sky. We're talking from actual experience here. There is room when dealing with a deacon with a wayward child. There is room when dealing with an elder with a wayward child for grace. You don't just have to be arbitrary and you don't pull the sword of discipline and correction out at the first instance of something not being right. If a brother is striving, if a brother is trying, if a brother is um, calling his children into account, if he's contending with them, there's room to give that parent, to give that elder and his wife time to employ measures to try to turn that child I believe that is ruling your house well I I believe that is holding your children in submission and we did that with brother Joe Um, and you know that Mm -hmm. brother like you said uh, years uh, you know there's been red lines that have been crossed that we have established here in our church and um, but we've been gracious and we've been giving now we've had to have meetings and things have had to be discussed. And sometimes those meetings were private. Sometimes they were a little bit more of a public nature. That's what a healthy church does. You know, you just don't overlook things. You just don't sweep stuff under the carpet of the pews of the church. But in, So, so that, that process of giving grace and giving room and giving space has, has been going on. And, and Joe reached the, this point that we're at. And I reached this point pretty close to the same time. Joe initiated saying, "I believe I'm over the line here on Titus chapter one," and uh, even then, I took another three plus weeks. You know, at the at the when he brought that to me, I took another three plus weeks to say, "I need to pray about this," and did and sought counsel uh, from some of the most trusted men in my life, and. Uh, And then we both came to the conclusion, yes, this is where we are. That is correct. This is where we are. We are over the line on Titus chapter one, verse six, and that has to be remedied. But I just wanna say that uh, in anyone that is in our congregation or in our leadership knows, we've been very forbearing. Mm. We've been very patient, brother, very giving, have taken long periods of time to give room, to give space, and frankly, brother, we just ran out of space. Mm. We just ran out of time. We we ran out of room in which to give any more grounds to, you know, to. We just understood if we go one more step, we're going to be in, we're going to be in violation of the word of God. Yeah. And I think that frightened us all and helped us all to see there's no more room to give in this in this one situation right here. Mm-hmm. And that led us to the point where we're at right now. Amen. Yeah. As we
1: look to close this episode, Brother John, is there anything else you would uh, want to charge the past pastor or the church leader that's that's listening um, in regards to what we've been talking about from Joe's resignation to qualifications um,
0: to love to grace mercy? Well, you know, God's thanked God is sanctifying me and, and and I understand that I I can't take 34 years of sanctifying grace and pour it out on the head of a man that's been in the ministry for a year and expect him to even understand and grasp, you know, what I, it's taken me 34 years to understand and grasp. So there's room for a brother to grow. There's room for a brother to mature. There's room for a brother to uh, walk in light and in truth and grow in grace. And, but I would say this, sir, make up your mind. Mm. Are you going to be a man pleaser or are you going to be a God pleaser? Are you going to be a compromiser or are you going to truly be ruled by truth? I just couldn't live with myself. Now, there's room to grow, but I just couldn't live with myself. If I knew that there was truth that the Word of God taught And I was knowingly and willingly not abiding by it. Kayla told me years ago, and I've never forgotten it. My back was up against the wall with a terrible situation with our deacon body here. And I thought I was going to be terminated. And I remember going to a meeting and I told Kayla, I said, I'm probably not going to survive this meeting. And she looked at me and she said, well, if you're going to be a compromiser, you got in the wrong business. That was her response. And you might think, well, that was pretty harsh in that moment. That's exactly what I needed to hear. Mm. She just told me, she said, you know, we've paid too high of a price for you to be a compromiser. Do not compromise. She said, I can live with you being terminated, but I cannot live with you compromising. Amen. Because it's too, we're, too, we're paying too high of a price. And so I would just say to anyone listening, choose you this day whom you will serve. And if it's the God of the nations across the river, go after them. But if it's the God of Israel, then you need to go after him. And he's laid down specific things in his word that are not suggestions, they're absolute commands. And you gird up your loins and you be sober and you follow Christ and you be willing to endure whatever pain and discomfort and opposition and warfare comes in your life because you're obeying the scripture. Not to say that I obey it perfectly, not to say that I don't have to repent, not to say that that Satan doesn't try to birth in my heart compromise because he constantly does. But I just look at it and count the cost, and I understand that the cost is always infinitely greater when I compromise than it is when I simply obey Jesus. Mm-hmm. And there's just something to be said for simple obedience, brother, F- following the Word of God. Are we going to be a church ruled by Scripture? Or are we going to be a church ruled by the fear of man? You have to make up your mind, and then you have to set out on that course and pay whatever price comes along with it. But don't think for a moment that choosing the easy path means easier consequences. Some of the guys that I know that are living the most sad lives now were the ones that chose the easy path and the compromising place. I told this young church planter that I met with Tuesday that I was talking about, mm-hmm. about mine and Brother Jeff Knoblet's pact when we were younger that since the ministry is going to be hard anyway, let's let it be hard for the right things. And Brother Jeff told me, he said, what a shame it would be, and we're almost there. Jeff's a little bit ahead of me, but what a shame it would be for us to be in our 60s and 70s and even later, 80s, and to look back over our ministry and realize we didn't do the hard things, that we didn't stand on the word, and to be disillusioned. And the churches that we've served in to have been you know, just politically and correct and politically motivated and driven by the fear of man, that would be awful mm. to have lived a life in the ministry, which is hard anyway, and get down to where I am now and see I played the game. you know, I just tried to keep my nose clean, I just tried to keep my resume good. I just tried to stay in cahoots with whoever um, walk by truth, live by truth when it cuts for you, when it cuts against you. It's a two-edged sword. Walk in the truth of the Word of God. That would be my counsel, always. Walk in the truth of the Word of God.
1: Amen. Well, as we said at the beginning, we know this is a heavy podcast, um, probably our heaviest to date. And uh, many of you that listen love Brother Joe, um, love Ashley, love his entire family. And we do ask that you just continue to pray for them and pray for us as a church um, as we move forward in this. our kind of plan uh, moving forward with the podcast is just to take a little bit of a break. Um, as, as Brother has said, there's a massive hole to fill in our staff and uh, what Joe uh, did for us as a church and, and as a pastor. Um, so we're going to try to catch our breath the best we can. Um, we do uh, have a, a live Q&A coming up, so we just encourage you, Um, If you have any questions, maybe it's regarding uh, our podcast today and and discussing uh, Joe and and his resignation um, or something here recently, uh, please ask that you uh, submit those questions. You can send them to me. My email is uh, broryan, B-R-O-R-Y-A-N, at smbconline.com, and we will uh, go through those. Uh, here in a couple weeks at our live Q&A podcast. Um, again, we just thank you for listening. We thank you for your prayers for us as a church and and for Brother Joe and for his uh, family as well. Uh, we hope to be back with you soon.
0: Thank you for listening to The Faithful Expositor. For more information on Brother Jono's ministry, go to our church website, smbconline.com, and follow him on Twitter at John Sims.